You are Locked On Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome into another episode here of Locked On Saints, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day here every single Monday through Friday, five days a week, covering your New Orleans Saints. On today's episode, we're going to start off with our In Case You Missed It segment, taking a look at some of the biggest storylines from around the New Orleans Saints this week and a big storyline developing within the division as well. Then I've got some questions that I've been waiting on about some players that the Saints could potentially be interested in. Trey Burton, Stefan Gilmore, and Avery Williamson are any of the three options for the New Orleans Saints. And then finally, we're going to be joined for part one of what's going to be a multi-part episode or multi-part segment, I guess I'll say, uh, with Luke Johnson of the New Orleans Advocate Times-Picayune, who came in to talk a little bit about his experience covering the Saints and how the Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill battle is already underway. As always, I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson. Nola on Twitter, Deputy Brand Manager over at CanalStreetChronicles.com, your Tuesday co-host with the National Locked On NFL podcast. We got all that. And a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints, your team every day. So as we kick off today's episode, let's get right into it. In case you missed it, I've loved doing this segment just to make sure that we're recapping some of the biggest stories all throughout the week. So let's go ahead and get it. In case you missed it, Eric Burrell, the safety out of Wisconsin, has re-signed with the New Orleans Saints after being waived with a failed physical uh, designation uh, just last week. It actually happened on Friday of last week. There's a two-part interview that I have with him on Wednesday and Friday's episodes from last week. So make sure you go and check that out. He's very excited to be in New Orleans, he talks a little bit about his style of play, who he really molds his game after, and his uh, love for the game of special teams. You know how much we love that here on Locked on Saints. As a big part of that, we also saw another undrafted free agent for the New Orleans Saints actually retire just weeks after signing with the team. Offensive lineman Alex Hoffman out of Coral College has retired and he did so for a good reason. He's going to go and pursue medical school. He got accepted to med school, so that's where he's headed to. So we wish Alex Hoffman luck. In case you missed it, the Saints weren't able to get Trill Williams back like they did Eric Burrell, but they still went out and signed a corner, and they signed Ken Crawley, much to the dismay of many Saints fans who don't really like hearing that name end up back with the New Orleans Saints. But he's going to be somebody that's going to provide depth. He shouldn't be somebody that's considered a challenger for the starting lineup or anything. And As we mentioned last week, this is not something that checks off the must box, as uh, Jeff Ireland would say, when it comes to the cornerback position, the Saints should still be actively looking at the cornerback position if they feel like they don't have the starter in the building, because Ken Crawley doesn't really move the needle for you in that conversation. In case you missed it, in the same couple of days, Jameis Winston was named a Dark Horse MVP candidate and the 24th best quarterback in the NFL just ahead of Justin Fields. So you can already see the volatility of the opinions around Jameis Winston, but you can also see the volatility around the opinions of Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill was sort of a slasher when it came to that 24th ranking for the New Orleans Saints. It was Jameis Winston slash Taysom Hill on that ranking by Pro Football Focus, but no talk about Taysom Hill being somebody that could have a positive sort of output here in the season. But don't worry, we're going to fix that here on the show here coming into next week because Luke Johnson and I had a very nice conversation about Taysom Hill and the potential that he does have if he were to win the starting quarterback position. In case you missed it, Peyton Turner got a lot of attention over on Saints Twitter this week. 
he and Pete Werner took the time to hit up Blue Oak Barbecue, a staple in New Orleans. And look, if you want to entrench yourself in the community, one of the best ways to do it very quickly is to get after the food scene. So he was all over Instagram. He was all over the place doing that. So a really, really good move by the young guys getting involved in what the city has to offer immediately. You can also check out a new interview with Peyton Turner coming out on Friday over at Canal Street Chronicles. Uh, You can catch it on CanalStreetChronicles.com as well as the Canal Street Chronicles YouTube page. And that's headed up by our good friend and friend of the podcast, Dylan Sanders. So I'll put that link in the show notes once the the interview actually goes live so that you can go and check that out. And finally, or not finally, but finally for the Saints, in case you missed it, the schedule for the New Orleans Saints has been seen as the 22nd ranked toughest schedule in the NFL based on last year's win percentages, but is the 10th toughest within the top 10 when you project win totals into the future. So with the expected improvements that the teams that the Saints are going to be playing against in 2021 have made, the expectation is that this is going to be a pretty tough schedule for the New Orleans Saints. No surprise there. It is a first place schedule in a tough division. And finally, in case you missed it, more smoke out of Atlanta when it comes to the rumors about trading Julio Jones. They continue to pile up. And listen, while what what the Atlanta Falcons must be thinking here is just absolutely nuts to me. I mean, this would be the most Atlanta Falcons thing to do. You take and you bring in a guy like Kyle Pitts who just elevates your offense to another level. Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, Kyle Pitts, Hayden Hurst, and Matt Ryan, who can at least produce some stats, right? He doesn't always produce wins, but he'll produce stats. You have the opportunity to have a defense here that can threaten for a top defense in the NFL with those playmakers and with those pieces if Kyle Pitts does the unlikely transition at tight end directly into the NFL. If that actually happens for him, this could be an offense that really takes off this year. And what do you say about that? Let's trade away one of those pieces. Like, I get it. I understand you need some space for your salary cap. I understand you need it. But either just restructure the guy or look elsewhere. I would keep Julio Jones if I'm the Atlanta Falcons. But as I cover the Saints and love watch the Atlanta Falcons suffer, please trade him away. Please trade him away. We've never we've been surprised before. I don't think that Terry Fontenot wants to be the ger- general manager, the rookie general manager that comes in and trades away Julio Jones. But again, we have been surprised before. And if there's anybody I'm not going to be, I'm going to be a little bit less surprised by. It's the Atlanta Falcons organization for making a dumb decision. All right. So coming up next, we're going to take a look at three potential players that the Saints could have on their radar. Stephon Gilmore, Trey Burton, as well as Avery Williams and the veteran linebacker. And we'll talk about whether or not they should be on the radar. And then we'll be joined by Luke Johnson of The Advocate in New Orleans, as well as Tyne Spikayoun talk a little bit about his trajectory and Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill and stand by as well for five star Friday shout outs. We have all that coming up as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And look, I don't know how you feel about Jameis Winston being a dark horse MVP, but you can head over to betonline.ag and take a look at the odds plus 5,000 when it comes to Jameis Winston. So if he wins, you win big if you put some money down. But if you feel one way or another about that or one way or another about somebody else that's on that list, go ahead and check it out. The favorite, of course, at plus 350 is Patrick Mahomes. Coming up second is Josh Allen at plus 900. So go ahead and check out betonline.ag. There's all of these awards, including Offensive Rookie of the Year, Defensive Rookie of the Year. There's Futures. There's division and conference futures or Super Bowl futures. And there's a bunch of stuff across all other sports as well, including the uh, NBA, which of course is getting to the end of the play-in series, first round of the NBA, not too far away when it comes to the official playoffs and more across the world of sports. So go and check them out, betonline.ag, the fastest and best place to place all of your bets. Free to sign up, 
But when you put that money down to get started, right, in terms of what you're going to be betting on, don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, to get a 50% welcome bonus with that first deposit. That's promo code LOCKEDON for 50%, a little bit of a welcome bonus there to get you started and jumpstart your bankroll with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, family, continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. It is Friday, so I love to take a moment to do a quick shout out for a five-star review or for our five-star Fridays, as we always try to do here. This one comes from JML74. Love listening to this pod. It's my daily go-to for Saints news and player breakdowns. Thanks, Ross. Thank you, JML. I appreciate you very much for the five-star review. I try to always make sure we shout out folks on Fridays who take the time to leave reviews, so please if you don't mind, and if you're listening on iTunes, take a moment and I'll make sure you get your shout out as well. All right, so let's go ahead and jump into, uh, I've gotten questions a bunch over the last couple of weeks about these three players. Uh, the first of which we'll talk about is Stefan Gilmore. Most of the questions that I got about Stefan Gilmore came when it was like draft day, right? Getting close there because it, you know, there was a lot of talk about whether or not the Patriots could be looking to trade Stefan Gilmore. Could the Saints be able to leverage that and trade up to 15 and give up some extra assets to get pick 15? and Stephon Gilmore. I don't think that would have been a very good choice. But as of right now, if Stephon Gilmore is still on the market, the Patriots haven't really uh, resolved their situation with Stephon Gilmore. So here's what you're looking at when it comes to Stephon Gilmore. Obviously, you're looking at an all-pro cornerback. You're looking at somebody that is expected to be healthy and back by OTAs. He had a leg injury late in the 2020 season that really hampered him throughout the 2020 season, actually. But he's expected to be fine and back in time for OTAs nevertheless, the beginning of the season. Uh, He's expected or his contract was adjusted, adding money to last year's total to lighten up this year. So right now he's expected to make $7 million this year. So that's a very manageable contract to trade for in terms of what the 2021 hit is. The issue is that the Patriots and Gilmore seem to have had some talks about potentially getting him more money this year. So it seems very unlikely that he's going to play on a $7 million price tag, whether it's with the Patriots or elsewhere. So you're probably looking at giving him some type of an extension or some type of a pay bump the moment that he gets to your organization. Now, that can be handled by the New Orleans Saints, who, of course, still have a lot of money-making moves available to them, the extensions of Marcus Williams, Ryan Ramchek, and Marshawn Lattimore, as well as the potential extension for uh, Teron Armstead could make some money as well. So there's a couple of different ways they could go to make the space that they need for a guy like this. But it just doesn't seem likely here, especially with it also meaning that the Saints would have to give up some trade value and some trade capital and things or some draft capital and things like that. But honestly, this is the type of move that the Saints make before the season, but usually not for this high profile of player. So it's a little bit atypical as well. Next, we'll go to Trey Burton, the tight end most recently with the Indianapolis Colts, but has also spent time with the Chicago Bears and the Philadelphia Eagles, of course, through a touchdown pass in uh, the Super Bowl to Carson Wentz in the or to Nick Foles rather in the Super Bowl and then went on to have one really good season with Chicago and then kind of fall off a little bit. He struggled over the last couple of years, his final season with Chicago and his only season with Indianapolis. He's a free agent at this moment. He had 28 catches for 250 yards and three touchdowns with Indianapolis in 2020. Also only played in 13 games, appeared in only five games a season before that, some injuries hampering his production over the course of those two years. So he's had some health concerns there ever since he had a great year in 2018 with the Bears, where he had uh, over 500 receiving yards and six touchdowns during that time. Now, here's the thing 
even outside of health concerns and all that, the Saints could use a veteran tight end, right? We've talked about that the tight end room currently is unproven, so you don't want to go out and rely on it immediately. However, the issue is that the Saints love their prototypes, and Trey Burton might be too small. Six foot two, 238 pounds feels a little bit more like the Saints linebacker prototype than it feels like their tight end prototype, with the shortest tight end that they've even had on the roster since 2017 being Ben Watson, who is six foot three. Now, you also saw the lightest tight end on the roster being Dan Arnold at 220 pounds, but those were desperate days for the New Orleans Saints. That was coinciding with Kobe Fleener, who, was not, who wasn't healthy, and Ben Watson was back with the Patriots at that time. So you really can look at this and say, or really, he was with the Ravens at that time, excuse me. So you really can look at this and say, hey, Trey Burton would be an out-of-character signing, but it doesn't mean at all that it is impossible. Now, we'll go to our final one here, a linebacker and veteran Avery Williamson. Avery Williamson, more of a run stopper than he is a coverage linebacker. He allowed more than 70% of targets to be caught over the course of every season that he's been in the NFL since 2014. And he's allowed at least three or more touchdowns in four out of his six seasons. Now, he also, though, before the 2019 season where he suffered an ACL tear and ended up missing the year, led the NFL in run stops, according to Pro Football Focus, since 2014 when he entered the league. So you're getting a little bit, you're getting a big boost in run stop. You're not really moving the needle at all for yourself in second level pass coverage. Now, he ended up getting traded from the New York Jets to the Pittsburgh Steelers midseason after the Pittsburgh Steelers lost Devin Bush. So that was a team over there that replaced a coverage linebacker with Avery Williamson and still fared pretty well until the end of the season and, and the playoffs. So that kind of goes to show you what it is that you would expect here uh, for the New Orleans Saints if you're trading for him to be a starter because he was sort of traded for to be valuable depth, but then weeks uh, 14, 15, or 15, 16, and 7, no, 14 through 17, that's right, the last four games of the season, he ended up being the starter for the Pittsburgh Steelers and you saw them really drop off a little bit over on the defensive side. Now, he could still be valuable depth for the New Orleans Saints. He played both Mike and Will last year in uh, in Pittsburgh, so that could be valuable for the Saints. But it, and this does feel the most likely of the three players that we've discussed to be somebody that could actually be signed. The Saints love bringing in veteran defensive players in training camp. They did it with Champ Bailey. They did it with James Laurinaitis. You saw it last year with Nigel Bradham. So Avery Williamson could end up being that guy here in 2021, but I'm not sure that he would challenge to start or that he would push for a roster spot right away just at his age, the lack of production you've seen last year or over the course of the last couple of years. He certainly wouldn't be asked to do what he's been asked to do elsewhere, so you'd have to see how he's going to fit into a system that I feel like already has its answer at linebacker with Pete Werner, somebody that can work in coverage, that can stop the run, and that can also rush the passer. All right, y'all. So coming up next, we're going to be joined by Luke Johnson at by Luke Johnson on Twitter, coming through from the New Orleans Advocate Times, picking you to talk a little bit about his time covering the New Orleans Saints, what it's like covering the team. And we talk a little Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill. This is going to be part one of what I believe is going to end up being a three-part series over the course of the next week. So this is going to get us started with all of that, introduce you to Luke, and then also have a little bit of conversation about the quarterback position. So we got that coming up for you next, and I'm very excited about it here on today's episode of Locked on Saints, your team every day. All 
right, family, continuing on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. Thank you, as always, for being here. And for the remainder of this episode, we're going to be joined by a very, very special guest. One of my absolute favorites in the game is here to talk with us about the New Orleans Saints his story, and much more. We're going to have a little bit of fun as well. So I'm uh, very glad to welcome to the show Luke Johnson, who covers the Saints over at the New Orleans Advocate, Tynes Picayune. You can follow him on Twitter at ByLukeJohnson. Luke, thank you so much for taking the time to come through, homie. Appreciate you being here. Man, it is my pleasure, Ross. Good to put a good to put like some some actual like words and, and names to faces here. And, <laughs> and we're not just interacting on Twitter. This is even though I will say our, our Twitter interactions are always uh, very good and uh, spot on. the best thing about Twitter uh, for me, <laughs> honestly. So uh, it's good to talk to you face to face, even if it's over a computer screen. Hey, appreciate that, man. Absolutely. Yeah, I think you know we're we're top notch Twitter uh, Twitter inhabitants. I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna short us. You know what I'm saying. I'm not going to yeah, show this at yeah, all. Look, look, no, it's all positive vibes, man. I love it. <laughs> That's right. That's absolutely right, man. That's what it's all about. So look, Luke, you do incredible and remarkable work over at New Orleans Advocate Times Picayune. Uh, you know how much I, I appreciate your work. And so I want to start off a little bit with an intro to you. Let's put the person before the work, and then we'll talk a little bit more about the work here in a little bit. Um, can you share a little bit about your journey, your story, your trajectory to get to where you are now covering the New Orleans thing? Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I, I think like most people who get into to sports journalism, you know, it do what you do or, or what I do or, or what people on, uh, you know, it's sports center anchors do. I, I mean, it all starts with the love of sports, right? Right. So I think uh, for a lot of us, when, when we, uh, we grow up, we, we're watching the NFL or, or Major League Baseball or something like that. And we want to try to be like the athletes. And then we go out there and we play and, um, you know, for the vast majority of us, uh, that ends <laughs> pretty yep, early. Very quickly. You know, <laughs> uh, and, uh, and, you know, for, for me, I think the, the realization hit when I was like five foot three in my junior year of high school, much taller now, uh, sure. I was a, a very late bloomer. And, uh, you know, I, I, I've always wanted to, to do, uh, this sort of work, uh, mm -hmm. to just be around sports and, and have that just like be a part of my life. Um, took a little bit of a detour getting here uh yeah the the attacks of 9 11 happened when i was a, a sophomore in high school and i kind of made the uh the decision then and there that uh before i did anything going to college or starting a career i was going to join the marines mm -hmm. um my father was in the marines for 20 years uh, my younger brother ended up serving after i did um so uh, you know i spent four years in the marines i deployed once to iraq and uh, made some of the tightest friends I'll ever make in my life. Um, ended up going to to school with a couple of them, which is how I wound up here in Louisiana. I'm from Wisconsin originally. Right. Um, so um, I, I went to LSU with two of my my best friends from the Marine Corps, and we lived in the same house for five years. And um, yeah, then I, I was all like, I, I was all set to to you know, travel on to the next new adventure and go somewhere, at, you know, I don't know, out West or something like that. I, sure. was, I, was, uh, I was ready to leave. And then, you know, I met a, a New Orleans girl and uh, that was the end of that. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, you know, it's it just been, it's been in the last, I graduated college in 2012 and spent in the last uh, you know, better part of a decade working up to, to get to this point. And, um, you know, I, there's no better job in uh, in 
the state of Louisiana, in my opinion, and, and covering the New Orleans Saints. And, um, you know, I, I think it's one of the best, one of the best jobs in the, in the country if you're going to be a sports writer. Yeah. I mean, everybody here is, first of all, the team is just chock full of super interesting people. Yeah. Um, fun people to talk to. They're very good. And then the people down here are just like, absolutely like, they clutch onto the team with so much passion that it, that it just makes you know, everything you write is important. Right. Uh, I love that about the job. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. It's awesome. I, you know, I, I get the question all the time doing a daily show. Like how do you talk about one team every single day? And I always say, well, I have the great pleasure of talking about the new Orleans saints who make it very easy to continue to talk about these guys every day. I, I, you know, so I, I resonate with your last point there in terms of just how incredible it is to be able to cover this team. And we certainly very much appreciate First of all, your service, and then also your work and what you've done with the New Orleans Saints. Yeah, man, it, trust me, it's my pleasure. Although sometimes I wish, I wish the Saints would stop being just so interesting. <laughs> you know, like sometimes it'd be nice to have like a Friday night or right. something like that. Yeah, I, I, I created that meme last year, just like Alvin Kamara with like six different Forty ers guys like failing to bring him down. It was like slow news day trying right. to tackle the Saints season. Yeah, that's uh, it'd be it'd be cool if like. Yeah, they just pump the brakes a little bit. On, just a little on, bit. Just a, just a little bit. I want. I still want them to be very interesting, but like it would also be nice sometimes. Just like, like yeah, I'm just going to watch college football on Saturday. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. Now, now as a team that's chock full of storylines, let's go ahead and get into our first one. But thank you for sharing your story. I told you before we started recording, you're remarkable. You're awesome. So we appreciate everything that you're doing. Um, when it comes down to one of the biggest storylines with this offseason, of course, the big thing is the first quarterback battle that we've seen in New Orleans since Jeff Blake and Aaron Brooks, probably. I mean, you talk about, you know, years and years of Drew Brees, Hall of Fame career. Now it comes down to Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston. And I think a lot of folks are really focusing on what this is going to prove and, and what's going to be proven on the field during training camp. But I'm also really interested in sort of this battle that takes place off the field as well, showing leadership, showing composure. How are you working during the offseason? Things like that. You do a lot of work that covers players in terms of, of, of narrative and, and, and overarching storyline as opposed to just on the field. Do you feel like this is a quarterback battle, quote unquote, already that is sort of already underway even before these two quarterbacks hit the field for training camp? Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I, I think it's it started last year, mm -hmm. right? Um, when, they, when both guys were in the building. Um, I, I think that uh, Jameis obviously showed a lot of the traits that they like. Uh, for that position to have uh, from a, from a character standpoint, from a leadership standpoint um, it, that would make the team want to bring him back. Um, yeah. And I think he's continued to show that he, you know, he's, he's obviously been very public with, uh, with his, his off season training regimen. Um, right. I've got like, I've got alerts on for his Instagram because of how much he's been sharing. Um, but you know, it's, I think that's, I think that's a, a big part of it. And, yeah. I, and I think it's it's been it's been happening, and obviously Taysom has a little bit of a leg up in that department because he's been with the team for about four years now. Right. Um, you know, everybody here knows him. I, I mean, the roster is they've had a lot of turnover, but there's still a lot of guys who've been on the team for the last four years. So, you know, they they kind of have that that um, I guess you could call it the institutional knowledge of Taysom Hill, right? Sure. They, they kind of mm -hmm. know what they're going to get with him. The, the team all knows what they're going to get with him. It's a little bit less so with Jameis, but I think he showed a lot last year. And, and you know, that's not easy to do for somebody who knows he's going in as a number three quarterback. Yeah. Um, I, I think that, that Jameis was able to do that um, despite the circumstances, despite the fact that he was the guy for basically his entire life. 
mm-hmm. and then now he's not. Um, yeah, I think that that showed a lot to the organization. And, um, you know, it, it's everybody knew what was coming to this, and uh, you know, including the, the Saints organization, um, you know, evaluating these guys and how they interact with their teammates. All right, y'all. One more big thank you to Luke Johnson at by Luke Johnson on Twitter of the New Orleans Advocate Times Picayune. So, so grateful he's taking the time to join us. And you'll see him a couple more times next week as well as we round out the week here on Locked on Saints. Make sure you check out the Locked on Today podcast. Today, they're going to be discussing whether or not Suns fans are disappointed that the Suns are going to be hosting and taking on the Lakers in the playoff first round of the NBA playoffs. So go and check out Locked On Today for all the sports news you need in less than 20 minutes wherever you get your podcast. And make sure that you keep it locked here. We'll be back on Monday to get you caught up with everything that goes on with the New Orleans Saints over the weekend. And we'll hear more from Luke Johnson as we get into a little bit more of a deeper conversation around Taysom Hill. So you don't want to miss that. We'll be back next week. We appreciate you as always for listening, for watching, for rating, reviewing, commenting, liking, all the things you do to help grow this family. As always, you can find me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're mom and them. And trust you, that nation, I'll holla at you.